I, I can't even begin to tell you. Mm. Like, I actually think I understand how you make self-esteem as an adult because of everything I've done as a, as in the last 10 years because I was someone that had low self-esteem and now it, it, it's getting bad. Like, it's it might be too hot. Like, it's <laughs> it might be it might be a problem now. So I that's where I start to, like, I feel like are there things in my life that I would like? career-wise, personal, mm. financial, absolutely. You always have goals. You're always striving. But if this is it on every level of my life, it's pretty good. So you have to bring in pretty good at the very least yeah. or enhance it. Mm. So that takes out 90% of the people out there, both as friends, coworkers, or men that I'm dating, because you cannot – I'm tired – of being with people that is now more work, more effort, and you're enhancing nothing. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooters Gotta Shoot. I am your host, Erica Spira. And I've got another awesome guest for you guys this week. Uh, but first, if you are listening to us and you want to watch us, head on over to the YouTube channel. All right? We're having fun. The link is in the description. Uh, and if, even if you don't watch us, just go over there and subscribe. You know? Helps your girl out. Uh, and uh, as I said last episode, for the public pod, we're only doing bi-weekly. All right? It's not, it doesn't have enough money coming in for me to justify the studio every week. And I like being in my studio with my guests and with my boy Fonzie. So if you want to support the show, Join the Patreon, which is patreon.com slash shooters gotta shoot. And over there, we are doing weekly episodes, all right? And that's just me solo answering your questions, uh, getting a little more personal than I do on the public pod. Remember when I had to kick my mom off of it? Good times. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's really it that I got up top. So without further ado, we're not allowed to do music anymore because of YouTube copyright. So <laughs> just imagine some hot pump up tune. Thank you. That's my guest right there. Give me, give me some, give me a track. That's what I'm gonna do now. Like a full dance. Yeah, beatboxing guests only. Uh, You see me spinning as the camera comes in. "Ah." All right, you might recognize her voice if you saw her YouTube special, "The Ghost of Academic Future." Future. Fuck. Ah, you hesitated. Ah, I was gonna say future. Ghost of Academic Future. Check it out if you haven't watched it. It's awesome. Uh, Put your hands together for the lovely Liz Mealy, everybody. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, yes. Thank you for coming on. I want money for all that singing I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're going to flag me. My my lawyers will be calling you. (laughs) Liz is very business. Liz does not fuck around. Uh, She knows how to work out good deals. Lawyers just come in. Yeah, they're at the studio. Right when they come out. I know. Funny, we were actually just talking about outside of if you're someone that freelances, you should be asking around of what people charge. I think that's the one thing about like people like I don't know how you would have a career without friends and to kind of do this. So we know a couple of comics that have no friends and you're like, I don't even know how you do that because Mm. almost 90 percent of what I do is checking with other people, whether it's making sure I'm safe. I think as a female comic, you always have to check in to be like, is this guy creepy or is this weird or are you reading something into this? Have you worked with this person? That's like half of it. And the other half is. Hey, did you get this much money? Should I be asking for more money? Because you get shortchanged just being a female comic in general. But then also people don't, because they're not paying attention to you, they think you're newer than they are. There's just a lot of like, some of my negotiation is I just know how to do it and I'm good at that stuff. But the other half of it is 
just asking my peers. I'll ask people I barely even know just because I know they just work there. Yeah. And most comics are on the same level of nobody wants anybody. It helps us all to be up here. For it sure. doesn't help if half the comics are getting paid down here because it's only going to drag everybody else down. Everybody should be getting paid up here. And yeah. so there's people that don't even know me that'll make sure I get I know what they were paid so that we can all be somewhat on the same level. Yeah, that was like um uh way back in the day this is before you and i probably were even doing comedy i'm not sure how long you've been doing it uh ted alexandra organized like almost a strike of the club oh yeah it was 19 saying the spot pay never increased yeah no it was, it was him and russ Maneve, and i couldn't go to the meetings because i had uh, college but i was already doing stand-up already i knew those guys and they they changed the landscape of how we get paid to the point where us even getting a raise since the pandemic is a hundred percent influenced about what they did 20 years ago oh so there was a raise there was a raise yeah it, oh, so nice. it Made Another more- one, because I was yeah. like, I thought the latest news was even since that strike or whatever. No, it, no, because most clubs, I, I don't like talking about money for everybody else, but it's yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. actually almost doubled at least Good. for weekday pay. Weekends has stayed pretty consistent, but what uh, what Ted and, and Russ did is they made it so it was centralized in New York City that everybody paid a pretty average amount mm-hmm. for um, during the week and on the weekends. And then what the seller did was like because we're doing so well and we have more rooms, the seller actually paid a little bit more. Yeah. But since then, all the rooms have almost been seller price, so everything mm-hmm. has kind of risen. And that's again what shows you about communication and. And everything is that if you want good people, you're all going to have to pay good people rate. And I think Ted and Russ did that. But then I think the city in general and all the comics and the pandemic made those clubs actually start talking to each other because they were all on the same page and suffering. Yeah. So even they've started to communicate more, which has helped all of us. Yeah. The uh, Brooklyn Comedy Club booker asked me spot pays around town. Yeah. Making sure he was about the same page. Yeah. And I understand smaller rooms and newer rooms can't do it, but they also understand when you cancel. For or, sure. And, and and that's the other thing is you have to – if you're paying half the rate, I am i can't prioritize you. It's just – Yeah. No, he's mad cool. But I, yeah. like, appreciated him asking because he was like, I just want to make sure, like, we're paying a yeah. decent price. And I was like, hey, man, I there's a club in New York I know that still doesn't pay every spot. Yeah, and it's garbage. pisses me off. Yeah. Uh, I might have just started working there. <laughs> <laughs> but I got booked and they just booked me for one show. They didn't say anything about money. And I was like, oh, am I unpaid? Do you always? I get mad at Adrian Appalucci because she won't. She'll be like, "Hey, I don't know how much you're making." I'm like, "What do you mean you don't know how much you're making?" Like on one spot or like a club weekend? Because that's crazy. dude flying somewhere. Oh man, she's in. She's in an airplane, oh, unsure how much she's making. <laughs> I have. Does she, she have an agent? Not now, but like it doesn't oh matter. God. I I didn't have an agent until two three years ago, and you always ask. Holy shit! You yeah. have to know, and this is a business. I this weirdness around money drives me nuts. Yeah, you have to ask. Mm-hmm. Even I will. I will know in my heart I still want to do it. So I will say, they'll be like, hey, can you do this? And I go, yes. How long is the set? How much is it paid? So even if they yeah. come back and say zero or like $10, like something that's truly not worth the effort, I know I want to do it because I'm going to work on new material. Mm-hmm. That you that, And I'll even say if it's somebody that I, I don't want to ruin something for them, I'll be like, hey, just so you know, because it's only $10, there's a chance I might cancel, but you'll get at least a week's heads up. I won't cancel on you day. Yeah. Like I'll get – and so well, my, I've done that now being at the cellar. I've booked yeah. gigs like a bar show. And yeah. I'm like, no, I would love to do your show. It's great. I'm but, like, however, that Tuesday, I find out for the weekend. Yeah. Which, and so I, might, I might have to cancel. Yeah. And I think giving people a heads up, having them understand, and most places understand, and if they don't understand, then you don't work with them. Because yeah. this is such a ridiculous business that how would you, to have that uh, hierarchy where you don't understand where our value is, is ridiculous. Right. Like, I just got into this club, and I was like, in my head, I said, I'll do five spots for free. I put a number on it. I'll do five spots for free. I 
Listen, Liz. As your manager. Okay. Um. <laughs> Maybe, well, here's the thing. I'm not sure if this one's paid. Maybe it will pleasantly surprise me. Probably not. But I was like, I understand I'm new and you're trying me out. No. Again, yes, you still should be paid. I agree. But and like you said, that room, I'm comfortable being loose, trying a little new. Like, you should try a lot new. Yeah, if you're not being paid, like, take eh. a dump on that stage. Well, especially, yeah, you know, I'm not going to. Anyway. I'm angry. People that know me personally. Know I don't even know this club about. and I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. That is like, I would say that's like the only like value of my friendship is I, I could not like you and I will fight for you. <laughs> like I genuinely, not to say that's the case, no, but, no. but genuinely I'm like, I'll fucking kill him. <laughs> like, yeah. No, it is interesting. Cause I mean, there's something to being less experienced in some type of freelance world, right? Let's say like an editor. Okay. There's something to you're a little less experienced. Maybe you take longer. You charge a little lower than someone else, but that someone else also is in higher demand. So there's a game to it when you're new. A little bit of not charging as much or making as much money. Sure, but the only thing I'll really fight you on that is that you've decided you're going to do five for free. They don't know anything about that. I would have an open discussion of why they're giving you free spots and what their logic is Mm -hmm. so that you can work towards it. So like we were talking before we went on about door deals. The truth of the matter is, is I might not get the door deal I want, but I will negotiate in a fantasy world of, hey, if I sell out, I would like a bonus and or a higher door deal. Or And I might not even hit it, but I at least want the aspect and and the uh, accountability that if I do something that's going to make them a lot of money that I get get rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. So the same thing that you've decided in your head after five free spots, I'm not doing it anymore. But you don't even know what their logic is. Oh, I mean, I'll have a conversation with them. I won't just be like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not a lunatic. I understand that, but my worry is is that you start. It's like anything you're teaching how to. You're teaching your value to these people, mm-hmm. and you're teaching them how to treat you. And right now, you're telling them that you have less value. Okay, that is fair. And I was justifying it. I was, I was like, I'm not putting this on my website. I'm not advertising it. That I'll be here. Like, no one's gonna buy a ticket. Also, to it's see it to me. me. Like, we don't clearly we don't have to say the club, but there are clubs that I will do for less whatever because i'm just going to do new stuff i'm exactly. not going to advertise i'm not going to do anything and i don't care and i know that they budget wise can't afford me mm-hmm. so i'm a treat as well as <laughs> you know what i mean You're a little treat i'm a little treat, little treat but also i i'm getting something out of it mm-hmm. so it's it's a, it's an exchange but other places where i know that they are paying people their value and they've decided i have less value eat a yeah. dick i'm not mm-hmm. playing that game true so i that's this is where i don't know the full situation but i do if you are getting something else of value out of it, go for it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. But I, there is like like a feminist mom that's just like, know your value. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I don't disagree. That's why I, I was enjoying talking to you outside about all this stuff. Because I just saw, actually, it was Corinne Fisher uploaded a clip from her pod. Um, and she was talking about just in every industry, every job, like thing, like whatever records have been released. And literally, if you're a woman, you were just offered less money. Yeah. And back in the day, they would justify it of like, oh, she doesn't have kids and she's not married or something. Uh-huh. Or sometimes it would be justified you are married, so you have another income, so you don't need as much as we would pay a man and blah, 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 blah. But it's so crazy to me because I think more and more we're getting out of that place where I'll, you know, I tell people how much I make on YouTube. I'll tell people and yeah. I'll tell them how I got there and what where I understand. Like, I am so open about my business tactics and how I pay my rent through royalties and or club stuff mm-hmm. and how I negotiate and I've helped my friends and just young comics learn how to negotiate because again like I said earlier that is going to help all of us in our bottom line but also I am so pro getting rid of the middleman and I am so pro 
um, uh, people making a career for themselves. And I fully believe there's enough work mm -hmm. in the country, in the world for every comic to work. And everybody has their own unique fan base and the internet has internet and streaming and all this stuff has opened things widely enough that the only thing that is getting in your way is you. So for me, you sh everybody should kind of know what everybody's making so that they to have a bunch of young comics, it's like, what do they call them? Scabs when people cross the line for a picket for for um, uh, um I don't know what do you call that um uh not pickets but um like a protest yeah a strike. strike thank you like a union strike and if you cross it you now you now make it harder for them to negotiate because these people are now uh, getting yeah, paid yeah, yeah. less or whatever so there is even though we don't really have a union even though that's not how it works if you have a bunch of young comics getting paid less and they're working for less yes do they have the same value as uh, as some of these bigger comics no but in the world of humor there's so many brilliant people that really does bring us down so mm -hmm. if everybody fights it literally helps everybody yeah so i'm i'm pro for everybody having the same information and you decide how hard you're going to work mm -hmm. that's on you yeah. but i also just think in general everybody getting paid what should be at least a bottom level value helps everybody right and it's also like you said you have to look at what are you getting out of it yeah like i've done a headlining gig or two that wasn't a crazy amount of money where i'm like i'm gonna break even on but the, the experience but it was, was important. to get yeah the rep of the and to minutes. even put that both the experience but also be like i headline because that's yes. in the beginning is you're teaching people your comedic value mm -hmm. so i absolutely understand there's a push and pull of between money exposure which is like almost a dirty word at this point and yeah. and um uh creatively expanding and getting better but it has to be your decision. I hate when somebody makes that decision for me. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, anyway. Just uh, two Italian women yelling at I each know. other. I know. Look at this. Two Italian women fucking, we should run the mob. I'm Call like, us. I agree with you. No, you agree with me. <laughs> I think we're all That's why I have you on the show. Yeah. I only have people I agree with on, no, I'm kidding. You know, I like to argue a little bit. But uh, we do talk a little of dating and relationships. Yeah. And uh, hilarious of, I, I told the story on the pod about the uh, texting fiasco. Yeah. Of you sent a screenshot to the person. Yeah, you yeah, You were my yeah. homie that was, we were looking things up on Reddit thinking we got it figured out. Yeah, which is kind of garbage. Like yeah. the internet, I mean, I felt really, really ticked off by the internet. Because I really was just like, you what, you... You can't do a follow-up tweet? Right. Like, you can't, you know, put I know. something else I did there. upgrade my phone. I have the unsend feature. I actually okay. have not tested it if you could do it with photos or screenshots. But oh, you know what's crazy is, you know when you're just on the train sending a text, it doesn't go through? When you get service, it doesn't automatically send through. So no. why are we doing that with photos, everybody? Yeah. Why? Why are we fucking me over? Yeah, <laughs> no. It was my own mistake. And then you never talked to uh, that guy again, did you? No, we have talked because we're like somewhat friends. Yeah. Friends of friends. Uh, and he actually does podcast work. So I've actually like referred people. To yeah. Him. So it's all good. It's yeah. all chill. It's not a problem. Uh, but that whole scenario, we were we were in an interesting conversation. Of You were talking about basically like the part, the point you're at in your life. You've learned with like dating and relationships specifically is like just being upfront and clear about what you want or what you're thinking, what you're feeling. Because when that all happened, you were like, you should just send... A message being like, look, yeah, da, da 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 my bad, this is what I was looking for, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I just, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, I know, and like, not even in like a, like a sad way, like in yeah. a general, like if you aren't going to make my life more enjoyable, my, I'm at like an eight in enjoyment of my life. Even right. on a bad day, my, you can't bring me down too much. Like I'm 
I like my life. I have good friends. I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do, even more than I ever expected. I'm financially stable, which is something I was working my ass off for 10 years to achieve, that if I don't leave the house, I'm still making money. It was my biggest goal, and the fact that I achieved it and I'm helping other people do that, I I can't even begin to tell you. Mm -hmm. Like, I actually think I understand how you make self-esteem as an adult because of everything I've done as a, as in the last 10 years because I was someone that had low self-esteem and now it, it, it's getting bad like it's it might be too hot like it's <laughs> it might be it might be a problem now so I that's where I start to like I feel like are there things in my life that I would like career-wise personal mm. uh, financial absolutely you always have goals you're always striving but if this is it on every level of my life, it's pretty good. So you have to bring in pretty good at the very least yeah. or enhance it. Mm. So that takes out 90% of the people out there, both as friends, coworkers, or men that I'm dating, because you cannot, I'm tired of being with people that is now more work, more effort, and you're enhancing nothing. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so it and it's just... very interesting to hear this from you also because I feel like since I've known you, you've been a serial monogamist yeah. in my head. I feel like you always had a boyfriend. They typically would be long-term yeah. relationships. So now I'm curious. I'm like, do you look back at some of your relationships like, well, that was so much work and I was wasting so much time and so much effort because the weird thing is everybody says, well, relationships are work. Yeah. And But at the same time, like when your friends will be complaining about certain things or whatever, you're looking at them like, it shouldn't be this much, much work. work. Yeah. So I am a serial monogamous, but I will take huge chunks of time off. Mm -hmm. So it's single for a couple of years, date somebody for a couple of years, single for a oh, year. Oh, that's not serial years. monogamous to me. Serial monogamous to me is like, you're always in something. I'm not always in something. Yeah. I, I take, I, okay. I hate, I take, I take time off both in the sense that I have always known that I don't want to just jump into something to not feel my feelings mm -hmm. because I really have learned I date very different people from when I'm sad, from when I'm happy. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different person. And those people I date when I'm sad and I'm just trying to cover up the sadness, once I start to feel better, I I'm, I'm, I can't even tell you. I'm like, Bleh. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> pretty friendly, at the very least, like distantly friendly with most exes or at least half of them. There's one who... We had a nice breakup. There's nothing wrong with it. I just could not. Like, as soon as I started to feel better, I was like, Bleh. So mm. he wishes me our birthdays were two days apart. Like, oh, literally, damn. like, he's two days younger than me. And he wishes me a happy birthday. I ignore it. Um, and then on his birthday, I wish him a happy birthday just so I don't have to talk to him twice. Do you Interesting. See what but he, there's, he's done nothing wrong. He's a wonderful person. I it's mean, just I, I would say don't contact him at all. It's the only time he does. So? I just... he. He's done nothing wrong. I just, I dated him when I was depressed. And as soon as I started to feel better, I was like, I need, I, I was like, this is just such a wrong choice. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like I went on a couple of dates in December. It's the last, the last like date I went, three dates I went on was in December, right before the holidays. Super nice guy. And I very much go, I try not to make a decision, just like most pilots aren't great and they huh. tell you to get you know get through the pilot second third whatever episode they mean pilot like a script guys. like a script not, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, not yeah. a pilot that flies a plane yeah, oh, Sorry. Yeah, all pilots <laughs> like, you know, pilots are terrible you know anyway. how we all barely land <laughs> no like the pilot thank you a pilot of a script <laughs> is is you know most first episodes of a show is like okay it's mm -hmm. like pretty rare that it's great and i kind of feel that way about a first date especially when it really is you know nothing about them mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like all right i went on this first date with this guy it was, I didn't really feel anything, but I was like, I don't, I don't know. So then I went on another one and I was like, 
do I want to get to know this man more? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm starting to have a little bit of a sense of him, but it isn't like yes or no. It's just like if I just want to get to know him more, let's get to it. So then I went on a third one, and within 10 minutes of the third one, I was like, no. Yeah. And I felt bad because he's so nice. No, he's so no, nice. Don't feel bad. We ended up we ended up spending like half the day together and it was fun. It was actually genuinely fun. But I knew I didn't want to pursue this more. Can and I ask you, was any part of it physical attraction? Or were you like, I was, am physically attracted to this person? He was cute. Yeah. He was cute. It wasn't it See, was, that's the scenario where it, it can grow, I believe. You gotta at least think they're cute. Yeah, no, I you have absolutely have to be attracted to somebody. I think that's true. I do think some attraction absolutely grows. Right, from but it can It never grows from zero. It can't I've grow from zero. I've never found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found I I found like I thought he was cute, and then getting to know him, he was really sweet. And then as mm-hmm. soon as I realized I didn't emotionally connect with this person, or I just, it, it just I didn't feel yeah. anything. And he was so sweet. And so the next day, I knew when he got off work, and I didn't want to ruin his day. And I just said, hey. I really enjoyed getting to know you. I really don't see this anything past a friendship, but I just wanted to let you know and, yeah. you know, thank you, you know, for hanging out with me and whatever, whatever. And he wrote the nicest text. But I mean, I almost cried. <laughs> it was so genuine yeah. and nice. And I remember I called Adrian and I was like, why can't you just like who you want to like? Like, yeah. I would love to like this guy. Mm-hmm. I would love to. He's such an honest, thoughtful. At no point on this date did I see anything that made me not like him as a human. Mm-hmm. I absolutely could be friends with this man. I just... He didn't challenge me. I didn't feel excited. Like, there was nothing. He, he was a workaholic in finance. And I was like, I can't think of anything more boring. I can't. <laughs> I don't want to ask this day. I don't want to ask him how his day was. Yeah. This is awful. Uh, funny, but, this is, I mean, I tell people to avoid talking about work on those first couple dates because I feel like everyone, it's not sexy. It's yeah, not, but It's not emotionally connecting, being like, ugh, work. But it's not even that, like, I want to. I want to be with somebody that likes their life. Again, you don't have to be at a 10. Nobody's ever at a 10. And I, you know, we're in our 30, you know, 30s, 40s. Like we're all, I truly believe you're still growing in your career and your ambitions and whatever. But you have to like what you're doing every day. And you have to be passionate about something. I don't care if you're passionate about fucking taking the trash out. I really do not care what you do. I don't care if you make mojitos for a living i (laughs) i just want you to be excited to go to work and like the people you work with and have some accountability of why you are where you are in your life yeah and i can't tell you how many people let alone men just don't like their life and i ain't i'm not rescuing you i've worked so hard to like my life listen that's i feel like there's a lot of people that don't have a creative thing i don't think it has to be creative not super creative but something that is essentially Outside of work. If you're if the thing you love is not your job, you need another thing that you love. Absolutely. So I'm saying people that are the creators, the freelancers that really like went for the thing that they loved over, say, the money or the stability, right? That's the number one complaint we have is you have to be passionate about something. Otherwise you don't understand my thing. A hundred percent. But like I, you know, my little brother's gonna graduate from law school this year. And it's so interesting because I'm one of five. My older sister is like an emergency room nurse that now does a job. I don't even know what she does. But and correct me if I'm wrong. Is, aren't, isn't one of your parents a vet? Both my parents are vets. Both are vets. Yeah. Okay. So parents will yeah. say somewhat traditional, but my dad didn't go to business school and he opened up two animal hospitals and taught himself business. And half the reason I know anything about money is because my dad is self-taught yeah. in business. And I really see the creativity in how he does business. And that's where... I think I have the advantage over most comics is I like creative business and I like creative marketing and I like being creative in something that only makes my 
passion more accessible mm-hmm. to people. So I very, my parents also run a business. We're very Italian. Yeah. You and so, I. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, so I actually do think that's an advantage, and and I I like the creative aspects of pretty much any business, mm-hmm. and I get kind of like gassed up about it. Um, my older sister went kind of a more traditional route. Me, all the middle siblings, me, my brother, and my little sister were all like crafty. My sister's a singer. My brother does like oh. like uh, woodworking and blacksmithing and and glass he does weird arty hand stuff i don't know what that means um Hmm. and then uh greg is in law school going to be a lawyer and i'm not as close with greg but he's a good guy he lives in chinatown like it's funny how he's the closest sibling to me and i see him when he needs a ride (laughs) but what i'll say about my brother greg is he he literally i remember when he was getting an internship for law school he's like i want to be a number i don't want somebody to ever learn my name which is crazy to be like all the artists in the family that are just like, somebody follow follow me, subscribe, yeah. like and subscribe. Um, he's like, I want to be a number. I don't want anybody to ever learn my name, and I just want to make a lot of money. And he has gotten everything he wants. And my bro- Greg, he's one of the funniest people you ever meet. He's the kindest. He has friends. He has activities. When I look at Greg, I see that it can be done on this non-creative level. He is mm. He likes the challenge of what he's doing. And who knows? He's not a full lawyer yet. That could change. But he knew what he wanted to do. He's pursued it. He's making more money than all five of us combined it's insane <laughs> insane i wish somebody's doing me, like corporate law i don't know what the fuck he's doing he was getting free gummy bears from an internship and making stupid money being a corporate lawyer for some Lawyers. gummy bear place and i was just like you could get free gummy bears and buy like anything yeah. you want this is crazy so mad at him <laughs> but he always ha- every time i talk to him he's like oh i'm going you know to boston to see my buddy i'm going snowboarding to go do that like he's always doing stuff he always he I, I look at him and I go, if you like your activities and you like the challenge of your work and you are within the goals that you set and you're doing it, that's great. If you wanted right. to be if you wanted to be a singer and now you're a lawyer, that's a problem. That's somebody sacrificing. Exactly. Unless you're able to do both where you're like, I do lounge singing at night and I get that part of me doubt and then I do corporate law and I make money and I get to use this mm-hmm. other side of my brain during this time. But there's too many people that weren't willing to take the risk that are now out there just mm-hmm. being miserable, and I have no empathy. Yeah. I have zero empathy. It's hard when you actually go for it. It's very hard. And I would say most of the mean comments I get online are people, whether they can acknowledge it or not, that are jealous that I'm living my dream and they have mm. couldn't, didn't make any attempt. They, they see it as like, um, why does she get to do what she wants to do and I have to be out here oh, fucking. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, man, pfft. I made a choice and I kept working toward it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows how hard this career is and nobody knows. Nobody People will just discover me and not realize I've been doing this for 20 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, so there's there's the nothing time. I can do. And even so, I don't think they even understand how obscure I was and continue to be. And still, I like my life. I mm-hmm. like what I do and I worked towards it and I'm happy that I even got here. So that's the biggest problem with, I think, dating in general is I have put everything into this basket and i have made zero excuses i have almost no sympathy or empathy for anybody that hasn't at least tried Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people out there that haven't even tried oh oh my god this reminds me of two things of i always felt like people that really told me to like follow my dreams right it was always people that either they followed their dreams and they're so happy and they're so so excited that's what they did even especially like teachers who yeah. do not make a lot of money yeah. like i love what i do and i went for the thing i wanted to do right 
But then the other people that tell you to follow your dreams are the people who never did and they regret it. Yeah. They regret it the rest of your life, especially that fresh out of college. I'm like, so happy I had so many people tell me that, like both teachers and like one was like an accountant, like just random jobs. But you could sense it from them and they're like, hey, you have no nothing tying you to anything. You yeah. have no kids, you have no husband, you have no mortgage to pay. Like, But that's why I have even more respect for people in their 30s, 40s and 50s that are like, I think I want to try it. Fuck yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever too late. I was talking to a young comic, older than me, but young comic in the sense that she hasn't been doing it very long. She was a friend of a friend and she was like, I'm doing these open mics and everybody's 25. Did mm-hmm. I fuck up? And I go, no. No, you actually have life experience. To exactly. About. It's exactly yeah. what I told her. I was like, she, cause she's also does music and she has a day job and she, and she was, I think she's so brilliantly fine. Like she showed me her stuff and I was like, you are beyond fine. Like I, yeah. like I immediately became a cheerleader cause I was like, you are amazing. And, oh, and also the security and confidence you have in yourself as a person, yeah, the older you get is yeah. incredible. But like, I, I was just like, do not look at these young guys that are just kind of trying, they're trying to figure And I, as somebody that started at 16, there were advantages, but there were a lot of disadvantages. Yeah. I was both comedically and mentally immature and it definitely hurt me. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot of lessons in front of people that I can never take back. And people right. watched me grow up and it's not only embarrassing, but I lost a lot of crucial time that I did not understand. You really only have one first impression with the industry and to make a second or third impression is 80 times harder. Mm-hmm. And I'm slowly making my second and third, but it took me 10 years oh, yeah. to make that impression where before the doors just kind of swung open and you're in your youth, they're like, I don't know, they just swing open for me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're just like, I don't know, I don't know. You're just like one of those, yeah, industry yeah. picks. Mm-hmm. But it was. And it was only on like a small level, but I had no idea that those doors would get so much heavier. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're closed forever, but it takes so much more effort to even crack them open a little bit now than it did when I was making my first impression. And I was not mature enough for these mm-hmm. first impressions. I could not handle them. I was not ready for them. The only benefit, and I have a, I'm, there's a lot of things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful I didn't make it when I wanted to make it because I would not be as strong of a comic if I did because I oh, would yeah. have been rewarded for good enough and I'm, I like my comedy and I like what I do so much better because the industry told me I wasn't good enough after the doors closed. And so I kept being like, oh, well, I just, I'll just get stronger, which also doesn't matter. This business does not. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, are my videos oh. not doing well because I'm not funny enough? And I go, that doesn't matter. There are uh, so buddy, many unfunny. Don't get me started about half naked people getting views. Yeah. There's so many unfunny people getting work. And I don't care. Those unfunny people can get work. I don't doesn't bother me for a second but to me as somebody that loved comedy and wanted to be a good comic and wanted to be able to look in the mirror and respect myself both how I behave and how my comedy is perceived in a lot of ways I'm glad I didn't make it when I wanted to make it Mm -hmm. I I am a better comic because I wasn't rewarded for okay material yeah what is the thing uh there's some saying I think Roy Wood Jr. might have said it it's like you you'll never get something too late yeah you can get it too early but you won't get it too late absolutely and you have to hold yourself accountable. Like, how many times have we done a joke, it does well, kills even, mm-hmm. but you walk away and you're like, I don't really like what I said. I don't really... Yeah, this happened before. Or that, that happens with hackiness, Yeah, you you're go, like, ugh, that was cheap. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I like that. Or like, you know, I said something shitty about my dad and I don't, I don't want to do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't feel close to that. That would make me sad if he saw that. 
I don't, I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. then you find it and it takes way longer. It's art. Technically the joke is done and it's killing, yeah. but I don't feel good about it. So that work that you do to feel good about what's coming out of your mouth, to stand behind what's coming out of your mouth and to um, believe in what you're saying is so much harder and so much longer. And I'm, proud that I do that extra work Mm -hmm. and again nobody's holding you accountable for that only you can hold yourself accountable for that yeah nobody else cares if your dad ever talks to you again or if somebody thinks you're a hack or not Mm -hmm. I care though oh this is this is so interesting because I've kind of struggled a bit with like uploading some jokes right that are great jokes but all I think in my head is your family's gonna see this and it's not because they're jokes about my family it's like them seeing you in the light of, you know, the niece, the nephew, the daughter, the like all that type of stuff. And I and someone someone was like, there was a comic out there that actually blocked all their family off social media. That's a, Because that's a they tactic. were like, my comedy isn't for, for them. them. And it's not embarrassing in a way. It's more like, for me, it's mainly like anything that's like sexual. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get that it's it's not for them. But it's a thing like everyone's like, but that's like, but it's you. It's your comedy. You got to post the thing. So however you approach it is how you approach it. I have I I don't think there's anything wrong with blocking your entire family. I mean <laughs> it can only it can only last for so long. Yeah. I mean unless you start taking away HBO, yeah, you know, yeah, passwords yeah. and stuff, um it's always going to get back to them at some point. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? A friend of well, a that's coworker. The th- that's the other thing is like the whole hometown that follows you and the da, da, you, you know. You have no idea. But it's a weird like it, what you were just saying reminded me of it of like you feel stunted in a way or it makes me like wish I was a different comic. Like it makes you wish you were a Brian Regan. And it's like, Oh, everyone and their fucking grandmother but can that's watch not who me. You are. I it's think, not. I think the only reason to be in this business is pursue the authentic version of yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying when you're on stage, you're a hundred percent you, even I'm doing a character version of myself because most of what I'm talking about, it takes anywhere from two weeks to six months to polish a joke. Yeah. I'm already a different person just through going through those emotions, through polishing the joke and just the, the point of time and therapy and everything. By the time this joke is finished, I am not the person that I was when I started writing this joke. Yeah, I get if it. you really do progress. So it's always some caricature, even if it's 10% different, it's some caricature of you. But it, I, I am pursuing the most authentic version of myself. If you want to be somebody else, go be, become an actor. Go do sketch. But I am trying to take authentic Liz and how she feels, my experiences, and how I feel about them and present them to the world in the funniest way possible. Mm-hmm. If my family does not like this version of me, they don't actually know me or like me. Mm-hmm. And I can show up and be the daughter you need me to be because grandma's here or because, you know, yeah. Uncle Fred is here or whatever. I know where the line is the same way that we have work us and then we have stage us and we have stepmom us and yeah. whatever. You're not 100% the same person Absolutely. in front of your parents, in front of your friends, in front of your coworkers. Like, that's just the natural way of life. But that being said. So it's said, weird with social media and what we do. It's like, this is the real look of who I really am. But that's what I'm saying. Comedy has allowed me to really not shift too much outside and on stage Mm. because you've seen who I am off stage and I'm not saying it's a heightened exaggerated version of who I am on stage I'm not always you know what I mean like but how I feel about stuff and how I'm going to talk to you and and my heart 
is that person. And if you don't like that, you don't like me. Like, so my dad doesn't like cursing. He doesn't like cursing. I used to, my mom curses like a sailor. And it was always like, when you have five kids, you can curse. And it's like, well, that's never going to, I'm never going to push anything other than a cat out of me. I don't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, as soon as I can figure out how to give birth to kittens. But, but. I grew up with somebody that cursed. I like cursing. I I don't want to be a comic that doesn't curse. I charge so much more if you make me think about the words coming out of my mouth in that sense. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I don't. That's not. That's not fun for me. That's why corporate gigs pay the most money. Yeah, They're because the worst I don't. Gigs to do. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll, I'll play. I'll play your game, but it's yeah, work, yeah, and you're yeah. gonna pay for it. It's money. So for me, when I go home, I I have a decent relationship with my dad. It took a long, long time, and out of the five of us, I think I've made a better relationship but I also put down strict boundaries and I let my dad know that I'm not shifting from them and he didn't watch my stand-up for a long time because he came to my first ever taping it was for Comedy Central I was 22 years old and didn't curse clearly because it's Mm -hmm. for TV I was clean at 22 yeah yeah, he didn't he didn't like my content and I remember I got off stage happiest I've ever been I'm I've been doing it six years I'm 22 years old I they finally let my parents see me and my I, I go thank you for coming and he went yeah and I, I called him up the next day Ugh. and I go, if you are going to make me feel bad for what I'm doing, I'd rather you not come. And yeah. he, of course, goes, whoa, what did I do? I go, dad, mm. your face and your re- – I know what you look like when you're excited. I've seen excited dad. Yeah, you didn't even tell me good job. I mean, don't be like, what did I do? It was heartbreaking. Yeah. And that was my one of the best days of my life at that point. Everyone was excited for me except for you. Mm-hmm. So if you cannot handle what I do on stage, I don't think you should come. And to my dad's credit, he goes, okay. So then a couple of years later, I was doing something in Jersey, and he goes, can I come? And I go – if I get off stage and you make me feel bad and you can't control your feelings, I don't know if I want you there. And he goes, I don't know if I can control my feelings. I go, I don't think you should go. And that was our, yeah. that was it for, for literally 15 years. And so then See, men are better about this, by the way, like my dad listened to a few episodes of the pod when it first came out and he yeah. was like, this is a, he was like, this is it's not for me. And he just stopped listening. Yeah. My mom would not like it and listen to everything. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. Like, like, they're like, I don't like this, but I want to know. You yeah. Know? Oh. And the truth of the matter is both my parents are wonderful people and flawed people. And I think my mom can hear a little bit of the flaws and either ignore it or, or take accountability. My dad can't hear any of the flaws. And that's, that's my dad's work. That's on him. I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I've worked to have a good relationship, my dad, but I am straightforward with my dad. So fast forward, it was Christmas a couple of years ago. And I'm telling a story. Literally, this is a story, like, just take out the curse words. Me and my dad are very similar. So I'm like, this fucking <laughs> dude, he cuts me off. I tell him, I, in my head, I was like, I'll fucking, fucking kill. And my, my dad is like, Elizabeth, language. And I looked at him, I go, dad, do you want to have a relationship? Yeah. Do you want to hear my stories? This is how I talk. If you can't get, I didn't tell you to fuck off. Yeah. I didn't tell you to go fuck you yourself. You also don't curse like that much, by the way. I don't, but it's in my, my dad is the one that was like, you need to be ladylike. And oh, I, go, I hate that one. And, yeah. and he's just, I got that a lot. He's up. just 50s Italian dad. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's some really progressive things about my dad, especially having three daughters before he had two boys. But there's also some really old school toxic masculinity versions yeah. of my dad too. And I, I've, I'm also the one that'll, like, my dad will complain about my brothers. And I go, those are good dudes. They're good guys. Mm-hmm. They're good people, and they're good men. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how rare it is. Get off their back. Yeah. I will advocate for all my siblings whenever he tries to take them down because I go, Dad, I'm out there. I yeah. meet a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I meet a lot of people, and I yeah. meet a lot of men. So, someone I would has be... a bit about, like, they were too trusting of men because they had a good father <laughs> and, like, a good brother. 
And I think the same thing of I was like, man, I was like not too trusting. I don't look at it as a negative. But it's like, yeah, it's easy to believe there's good men out there if you have, like, good men in your family. Absolutely. My dad's a good person, flaws and all. My brothers are good people, flaws and all. And they have some dope older sisters to really guide them. (laughs) But the truth of the matter is, I told him, I go, if you want to have a relationship with me, not a version of me, with me, I curse. I have never told you to fuck off. I have never disrespected you. Right. I'm not cursing at anybody. But if you want to hear my stories, this is how I tell a story. Mm-hmm. So you have to make a decision. And he'll still kind of – he'll remember it and he'll forget it and he'll be like, Elizabeth. And I go, Dad, this is how I talk. But now he comes and sees my stay-up. I give him a warning. I'd be, Dad, I curse a lot more in this one. Or, Dad, I talk about sex in this part. You know what I mean? I had a joke about him. And he goes, I don't think that joke was nice. I go, actually, it is. It was about him dying. I go, it actually is nice. <laughs> I have a joke about, about my dad dying. Yeah. So I go, funny. it actually isn't as bad as you th- It's actually very nice, which is – it's really about me missing you. Um <laughs> So he, he, and what's funny is he came to that hour. It was because my parents moved out of Jersey. So it was where they live now. And my, I told, I warned my dad, I go, Hey, I think I curse a lot more. I, I don't know if you're like this hour. And my, my dad, this was his response. He was like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Oh my God. And I was like, and, and he was smiling and yeah. that's fine. That's totally fine. But it, that took almost 15 years to build up that connection oh, yeah. and that, but it's also about standing my ground. So even in the real world, whether it's family, friends from high school, you know, whoever who see it. Yes, it's a version of me, but also we might have not had enough conversations where you actually got to know how I really feel. Mm. And you have to decide if you want to be friends and get to know this person. Yeah, you might not. Totally respectable. You might be a cousin from name only. You know what I mean? I, t- I like your pictures of your yeah. kids. You like pictures of me fucking posting about cats. And that's our relationship. But if you want a connection, this is a part of me. Mm-hmm. And it might not line up with the fake version you give your parents because yeah. you're playing a different game. I'm not lying to my parents. This is who I am. I'm not great all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly who you want me to be. But I also think good parenting is allowing your kids to be who they are. And my dad spent his whole life trying to make his kids be a certain way Mm -hmm. and got upset when we didn't turn out the way he wanted us to be. But he accidentally made some great kids. He just, it just doesn't look exactly the way he wanted it to look. It's different when you're, it's like certain manners or tradition. Like there's certain things like, I do believe, yeah, you, it's on you to instill in your kids. Absolutely. And and we've obviously met people where we're like, no one fucking taught you anything. Yeah. You know, like, like your brothers, for example, you're like, they're wonderful men. Yeah. Very kind. My brother's very, kind very sweet very considerate yeah. and it's like yeah you're partly taught to be that way of yeah. like have some awareness you know like uh, you know this is the big italian example like say hello to everyone when you come somewhere say goodbye to everyone when you come. like like little things like that i'm like yeah that shit's taught but it's like innately who you are different. dude every time my brother comes to stay with me or hang out with me he gives me a toy my brother's yeah. almost 30, by the way. He's 29 really? years old, and he found a little squishy thing that was a cat, and then he knows like, we're both tea people, and he got really into like oh, making yeah. different type of tea, and he's like, I found the best matcha tea. He's like, I got you matcha tea, and it's a little squishy cat. Every yeah. time I see him, he's like, hey, I saw this weird trinket, and I bought it for you. We're talking about $3 tops sometimes, yeah. but like, that's who we – like, my brother is just a kind person, and he thought of me. I don't mm-hmm. think people even understand – how nice that is. Does my brother always return my text messages? Absolutely not. Do I <laughs> fucking yell at him sometimes? A hundred percent. But the core of my brothers are amazing people. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're looking for in this world is that you don't have to express yourself the way I want you to or I need you to all the time because that's unrealistic. But I need to see your heart. And I think my comedy shows my heart. I think how I treat people shows my heart. And I think when you start to go in the dating world, it doesn't take much digging to see people's heart. 
And that's all I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you like their heart and you're like, this is one of the worst conversations I've ever had in my life. And I cannot do it even though I would love to fuck the shit out of your heart. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just can't do it. I know you're good. I know you're good. I know know that guy I went on three dates had a good heart. Yeah. I just, I want to be challenged. And that's the other side of it is like, I read a lot. I'm constantly trying to grow both as a person, as a creative person, as a business person. I like learning stuff that I might never do anything with. I, I like being crafty in ways that might never I might never get better at. Mm. I like meeting new people. I like I like having my world kind of exploded and rebuilt. And I'm talking to people that don't read, that don't even watch a documentary, that don't talk about anything. Like our whole job is to expand like how we think about things and there's people that don't think about things Mm -hmm. and it's mind-boggling and I just I don't know even if I know nothing about snowboarding I would listen to an hour conversation of you talk about everything you learned about snowboarding that would be more fascinating than somebody talking about I just work because I want to make as much money as possible yeah for what to put into your business, yeah, to gonna... put into your passion, to snowboard more? Yeah. Why? Why do you want all this money? Well, I was going to say, it sounds like your brother does a good balance of oh, my make a lot of does, money, yeah. but also like actually thoroughly enjoy my life. Yeah. So I love those uh, interviews of um, people that like sold a tech company or whatever, like the quick on a street. And they're like, what do you do? And they're like, I'm retired. <laughs> they're like, I busted my ass. And they're like, I'll do. They're like, I'm 35, 37. They're like, now I'm going to enjoy my fucking life. They're like, they're like, yeah, true. And I'm sure they'll eventually be investing in something else and challenging themselves. Yeah. But I'm also like, yeah, good for you. Good they're for like, you. like, I worked, and now I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to enjoy it when I'm 60. I'm going to enjoy it Yeah. yeah. I don't care what your plan is. I literally do not care what you do. And this is for friendship, dating, whatever. Just be passionate and work towards something. This life is too difficult to just be – and, like, I just – there's so many unhappy people that – take no accountability for it. And I was one of those people, so I see it even more Mm. clearly because I was just not a fun person to be around for so long. (laughs) And uh, truthfully, and I don't even know how I had friends. I still have a lot of those friends. I just, it was really hard to take accountability and to understand how I was probably raised to be miserable. And now I'm like, I'm not going to sit in it and you have to do some work. And there's so many people that aren't willing to even do 10% of the work and I don't want to spend time with them anymore. So when you were talking about, you know, I I was maybe not a serial monogamous monogamous in the sense that I didn't have any breaks because I do have breaks, but I have dated people that made me realize that my, I worked really hard for my equilibrium. I am pretty emotionally stable. Mm -hmm. Like I am pretty happy and pretty much up here. But I've dated a lot of people that I thought maybe I could bring them up, and instead they made me sick. Yeah. And Oof. that's heartbreaking to Oof. find out that there's too many movies and books and stories about this woman rescued me, and this woman, my life would be nothing without her, and, and, and whatever, whatever. And I think mm-hmm. unconsciously I bought into this, like, I can make someone's life better, and my love and care can help people see their value. And I think in some ways – my friendships were like that, but it was mutual. Like their care for me yeah. and my care for them. And my bad days, they would stand up and their bad days, I would stand up. And that is what a good relationship is, is that, you know, never, it's not always that you're both at a hundred percent, but I have been in dating relationships where I was doing 80 to 90% of the work. And eventually you get drained where you can't even show up for yourself anymore. Mm-hmm. And almost every person I left when I was like, I can't do this anymore, I was sad. I clearly wanted it to work. Almost everybody I broke up with isn't because it wasn't – 
it was a bad relationship. It was like, I'm unhappy and I can't seem to fix this, whether it's my tools or our communication or them. I don't even know sometimes, but I always felt better within a couple of months. And I would find myself in a way that I was like, I don't want to lose this person anymore. I'm tired mm -hmm. every couple of years of losing myself and, yeah. and having to do so much more work to keep me up here. But I also don't want to be one of those people that's like, I'm happier alone. Because I think, of course you are, you're not being challenged in this different way. And I absolutely have triggers and things yeah. that hurt me. Or you're so not being hurt, putting yourself out there is the other exactly. part of it. Exactly. But it's, I mean, also, since I started this pod, I was like really actively trying to date. Like it was the most I ever online dated or whatever, tried any method or whatever. And I like hit the wall finally of being like, I can't make myself do it all the time. I don't think like, you should. You know, like I was like, Ugh, I just... Can't, Especially like, as somebody that is passionate about what they're doing and has larger goals. Yeah, and or like when you have the business mind, right? Uh, it's like if I looked at all the people I ended up dating, none of them were people I met online. And so it's like, okay, then why am I putting any time into this medium that has never worked? It's Absol never once Absolutely. Worked. If you started doing Facebook ads and nobody was coming from them, that's a waste of your time, yeah, you money, and energy. You would, you'd be like, this is a bad investment. Mm -hmm. So maybe put... $10 into Facebook ads, right. maybe put 10% of your effort into online dating, but mm -hmm. everything else should be like, I'm going to go to museums and wear a skirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like fucking, I'm just going to fucking look lost yeah, and pretty. Seriously. So my goal last summer, and I'm really proud. I didn't, I wasn't able to maintain it in the winter, which I think I just tore more and it's just cold and these, I can't be wearing skirts out here in <laughs> 40 degree weather. But, but during the summer I had to do one non-comedy thing. That was it. Go like to an, a week? One non-comedy thing a week. And it could be okay. go to someone's birthday party. Yeah. Um, it could even be a comedian's birthday party. I just, I'm not leaving the house for comedy at this moment. Yes. So go, I went to a bunch of parties that I was invited to. I have a lot of social anxiety. I was just like, you know these people, just go. I went to a bunch of like art exhibits. Um, mm. I love art, street art, handmade stuff, whatever. I Go by myself, invite a friend. I don't care. Put on some eyeliner, put on a skirt leave the house for at least a half hour. Yep. I mean, the stakes are so low of doing one non-comedy thing. And that's what I, and I did mm -hmm. it every week for about two months, maybe two and a half. Yeah, there's and, a matchmaker I like, and she gives the advice of trying to block off at least one night a week to just do something. Do something. And, and it doesn't have to be like a dating event thing. Like Absolutely just sign not. up for shit you like, like, but do things where you will meet new people. Yeah. Or potentially meet new people. You have people. no idea. You go to a show, you sit down next to somebody and, and I don't know, they're like, I remember not that anything happened from me, but I remember I went somewhere, I was listening to a podcast. I actually don't hear very well in my left ear and it's, I will make it like louder. And the guy was like, oh, I literally just listened to that episode. And we just had a nice conversation. Hilarious, Nothing yeah. ever happened of it, but it was actually a real, how many bad conversations and bad moments do we have on the subway? I st that was like four years ago. And I yeah. still remember that moment where a guy was like, uh. and so because it was such a lovely moment, I've done that. Like I saw a guy playing the <laughs> same game I was playing oh, and I just went, I just went, person. I lost two years of my life on that game. How's yeah. it going for you? <laughs> and it was just like a little moment. Nothing happened of it, but we had a laugh the same way that I'll try to make the person checking out my groceries laugh or, you know, yeah. whatever, like there's also this thing that you forget to just have connections with people and have moments. And I think for me, I like art. I don't drink. I don't really do drugs. I don't do anything stereotypically mm -hmm. fun. But there are things that I do like. And so I don't really want to meet somebody at a bar. I don't like going to them. And that's not the person Same I want to date. So that's, a, that's a tough part. 
if I like art, go fucking be around art. Yeah, like if I if I like nature, go fucking be around nature. Even if I see nobody, I still had a good day. Mm-hmm. So I think more and more. And then my thing is I'm so comfortable doing things on my own that I don't even think to ask people. And it was actually, um, you know, Carmen Lynch, right? Yeah, I love Carmen. So me and Carmen lived together for years. And Carmen would always invite me to things. And I always said yes. If I was available, I always said yes. We were always like wingman for each other. But I remember one day she was like, I'm starting to get hurt because I feel like you never invite me to things. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of it. I just, I actually, there is a little thing inside me that thinks I don't want to burden you. And I don't, I don't think it might be something unconsciously. I, I just don't, I don't, I might not be able to handle the rejection of you saying no. You know what I mean? Because oh. I might be a little, and this was probably 10 years ago, but I, I think I was a little bit more fragile of any kind of rejection, friendship rejection, male rejection, whatever. And we talked about it. And so now, I mean, I don't, A, I don't have a problem with her. We invite each other to things all the time, but I take that risk so much more now. So I will mm. quickly, like I'm much better about making new friends. I'm much more, and I'll see the signs. If I ask somebody to hang out two or three times and it's an excuse and they never reciprocate, they never go, hey, like, you know, hey, do you want to uh, get a coffee on Wednesday? And they're like, oh, I can't do Wednesday, but I could do Friday. Yeah. That's, that's an open. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I ask you three times, do you want to get coffee? And it's like, oh, I can't. And there's no follow-up. I, I, it is what it is, whether you're busy or you don't yeah. see me as a priority or whatever. And I just have to let that go. I took a risk, mm. friendship or otherwise. So interesting because you essentially are, I say there's people that are inviters and people that just aren't inviters. Yeah. And the beginning of that story, you were not an inviter. I wasn't. And I've had like frustrations with friends of literally feeling how Carmen feels where yeah. I'm like, I always include you. And then yeah. I, I, this one time I went to a party, this person was at the party yeah, and I was like, but you weren't going to tell, like. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, you didn't even think to invite me to this where we yeah. have a bunch of mutual friends, you know? Because yeah. I stopped inviting them because I was like, oh, fuck it. They never invite me. Like, And did you whatever. have a conversation with them about it? No, I didn't confront it. So, and that's the thing is like. Because they're, they're super anxious. What I, and I just was like, is my, what it is. And my anxiety was I, at that time in my life, could not handle the rejection. And it sometimes comes back. Like, I will I don't be- think it's rejection. I think a lot of times when it's a party people have this anxiety of if I bring someone and then something happens with them, not bad time, but like almost like people don't like them. It's like, who brought that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're yeah, like, yeah, fuck, yeah. it was me. Yeah. It was me, you know? Or yeah. it's also like, you feel so relieved just to be invited. There's also that. Where you're yeah. like, oh, I'm just so excited to get invited. And you think you're going to fuck up your invite if you add more people. Maybe. I mean. You know, like there's several different things. Yeah. I never heard the version that you just said, but it's, I've talked about it so many times with pod. Yeah. Like, some people are inviters. Some people are not. Some yeah. people are planners. Some people are not. Absolutely. And uh, like, I. Which we do have to wrap up soon. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, um, <laughs> I this has cr- been great. I haven't yeah. had to talk much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I didn't yeah, really uh, have to work that hard. Uh, as, as a, as <laughs> I a love the guests where I'm like, go, yeah, keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so insightful. I stand up I and it. another thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I'll build up self-esteem and confidence and skills that I felt like I didn't have when I was younger and knowledge and good communication with. Yeah, this is what a lot of people don't do. A but lot I- of people don't do. But at all. But what's interesting about it is I have grown because friends have pushed me, boyfriends have pushed me, life has pushed me, and I'll get stronger. But when I am sad, when I am tired, mm. when I am overwhelmed, I do revert back and I do start to show past signs. And I either have to be open about it. Like I have flat out told all my friends, I came back from Europe. I was jet lagged. My cat died as soon as I got back. 
I was tired, I was sad, and I had three weeks of emails that I just ignored. Mm -hmm. And I was overwhelmed on every front. And every single friend when my cat died was just like, do you want to talk? And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> do you want to talk? Absolutely not. Get away from me. And, and, and it was probably the first time I pushed friends away in a long time. I've always used to push people away. I don't do that anymore. But I flat out told all my friends, I was like, I'm really sad. Mm -hmm. I am really tired. And I am overwhelmed. I do not want to talk about it. I am All I'm doing is crying. I just want to focus on my work. And when I'm ready, I'll reach out. Mm -hmm. And because I was open about what I needed in that moment, every single friend, they would text and check in. But nobody called me. Nobody bothered me. Some people sent me, you know, I got an orchid that I'm probably am killing in this moment. I, I have to go to my friend, Rachel. I want to write a joke about it because I was like, my cat died. She sent me this beautiful orchid. It's one of the hardest things to keep alive and it's already dying. And I was like, is this a metaphor? Like why yeah. two things are dying very it quickly. It's your fault. Ugh. All of it's your fault. I did water my cat. But <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it is, I'm able to at least communicate when I am not the best version of myself. So nobody mm. takes it personally. So nobody in my life, when I said, hey, I don't want to talk about this right now was just like oh it's about me or da, 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 da. they absolutely know I am not okay right now but I am also okay with not being okay yeah. and I need to focus on this thing so that I can then be over here mm -hmm. and all my friends were amazing and I now know when I'm touring like like I told everybody when I was getting ready for Europe I was like I'm overwhelmed I'm doing a sh bunch of stuff I'm probably going to be a shitty friend for three weeks yeah text me I'll try to get back but if I don't between time yeah. change and energy. So I also know how to communicate when I do fall short of the version I want to be. Oh, yeah. We all get there sometimes. Yeah. It happens. But um, we do have to wrap, unfortunately. But no! It's been great. I know. It's so great to see you, as always. Uh, if you're not following Liz, where can people follow you? Is it at Liz Mealy? At Liz Mealy. So it's M-I-E-L-E. -E. Lovely. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can follow us at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod. And uh, like I said, join the Patreon, subscribe, do whatever. All right. Thank you guys uh, for listening. We'll see you all next week. Bye.